Welcome to this edition of PowerPoint with Jack Graham. A little later in the program, we'll tell you how you can get a copy of Dr. Graham's new book, The Essential Gospel. But first, here's the message, Woke or Awake? Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 13. Wokeness, as it is described and demonstrated today in our world, is a worldview. It is a way of life. It is a philosophy, an ideology. It is even a theology. The most basic claim of wokeness is that there are two kinds of people in the world. It's based on Marxism. You could describe it not as class Marxism, but cultural Marxism, based upon two ideas. One is that you are either the oppressor or you are the oppressed. The primary philosophy is represented in various critical theories. There are critical racial theories, there are gender theories that are critical theories as well. Wokeness is different than wakefulness. God has called every one of us, as we're going to see in this text, to be awake, alert, to know our times and to understand our surroundings and respond appropriately. So we are called to be awake. But in terms of the ideology, the theologies, the wokeness of the world, it is not the same as wakefulness. The result of wokeness in our nation and around the world is division and conflict and violence, and ultimately it will destroy anything and everything it touches. That includes family. That includes educational institutions. It will destroy government. Ultimately, corporate America, which is all in on wokeness, and even churches. We have a biblical worldview on race. And here it is, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We're going to see that in our text today. And there is neither Jew nor Greek or slave or free. There's no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offsprings, that is, no longer Jew or Gentile in the sense of our oneness, but we are all heirs together of the promise of God. We are one family in Christ. And then look in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, and He has made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So one nation, one blood, one family. We are united in this one blood, the blood of humanity, and in Christ we are united in His blood. The color that matters is the red royal crimson of God's Son who gave His life on the cross for us. We are all His children who know and love, who repent of our sins and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. God has made us human. We are created by the hand of God for a sovereign purpose. 
There is no superior race. We oppose any kind of racism. We oppose discrimination in its every and any form. We must continue to fight for equality, but that equality is based upon biblical justice, not social justice. Because, because social justice hijacks the gospel. It is another gospel of which Paul spoke about. It is a gospel that does not save the soul, but elevates the soul apart from God. So, are you woke or are you awake? Look at our text, chapter 13, verses 11 and following. Besides this, you know the time. That's the word in the Greek language, kairos, which has to do with epic or era or the time that is at hand. That the hour has come for you, here it is, to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly or decently, honorably, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul is going for it here big. He says, this is what I'm talking about. This meaning everything that has come in advance of this we just read. Specifically in most nearly the 12th chapter of, of Romans where he's been saying, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Let your mind be transformed and renewed. He went on to say, discover your spiritual gifts and get engaged in the church and serving with the gifts that God has given you, these wonderful supernatural gifts for our employment in the work and the witness of the gospel. He says, don't be overcome, chapter 12, verse 21, with evil, but overcome evil with good. As I just noted, he said, owe no man anything except to love. This, he said, therefore, this, wake up. And that's the first point. There are three succinct commands in this passage. To wake up, to throw off, and to put on. There they are, and there's the message. No least, no use fooling with Paul's outline here. To wake up, to throw off, or to cast off, and to put on. So let's look at these one by one. First, he said, awake and wake up. Wake up out of sleep. You know what sleep is? Sleep is a loss of consciousness around your surroundings, and you have no idea what's going on if you're in heavy sleep. And he says, it's now time to sleep. Now, sleep's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. We're told we should get seven to nine hours of sleep, and uh, we should do that daily if at all possible. 
But specifically, Paul is saying to us spiritually, this is now time to wake up every serious Christian living in these times. Paul talks about the times that we're in. Every thinking, serious Christian living today should be asking the question, are these the end of times? Are we living in the last days? I pray that you will live every day looking up, because Jesus said, look around you, and when you see these things coming to pass, whether they be, it, it is the proliferation of wars and violence, where it is world economic systems, where it, it is struggle in the Middle East, whether it is the proclamation of the gospel worldwide, which is happening now, however you read the signs, look up, Jesus said, for your redemption is drawing near. Our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Therefore, we ought to live every single day as though it is our last day. Christ may come today. So in view of this, we're, we're seeing here that we are to wake up. We are to live alert and active, not lazy, not lukewarm, not in lethargy, but we're to get up and get at it. We're to rise and shine. Wake up and wake up today. The Scripture says, he who has this hope in him purifies himself. And so we live in this victory, making every day count. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham and the message, Woke or Awake. Our world needs revival, and if that's going to happen, it has to take place in Christians first. That can only happen through the recovery and rediscovery of our passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we want to send you a copy of Pastor Graham's new book, The Essential Gospel, which goes to the very heart of the good news our world so desperately needs to hear. The Essential Gospel is our special thanks for your gift to PowerPoint. This is the last week of this offer, so call today. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word ESSENTIAL to 59789. And don't forget to visit jackgraham.org where you can shop our e-store, give a gift online, or sign up for Dr. Graham's free daily email devotional. Our website again is jackgraham.org. Now let's get back to today's message, Woke or Awake? And then he said, cast off or throw off. You see that down in verse 12? To cast off the deeds of darkness and to put on the armor of life. Now this is a common expression in Scripture to take off the old and to put on the new. Now remember, this is written primarily to Christians. You, we are to wake up and throw off the old clothes and you put on what is described here as the armor of light. Now we're in war terminology. 
Paul is most likely addressing the Roman soldiers uh, around him as well and seeing their, uh, their uniform and, and seeing their weaponry. He of course described this in Ephesians chapter 6, our spiritual battle and putting on the armor of God, the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, and the uh, feet who are, are shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace and to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and hold up the shield of faith. He said, you don't fight naked, you go to war. And here he is saying, put on the armor of light. So rise up, cast off the deeds of darkness and the old life, and put on armor. In fact, when you get up in the morning as a child of God, ready for battle, ready to fight the good fight of faith, to go to war for the gospel, the devil and his crowd ought to be saying, oh no, she's up again. He's up again doing damage for the kingdom of God. Some of you have lost more battles this week than you won, maybe. But the good news is that you can repent and renew your faith, put the armor back on and get back in the battle again. And in the process of casting off the deep deeds of darkness. He gives us a description. It's not inclusive of all the sins of the deeds of darkness, but he gives us three pairs of sinful behaviors, if you will. And you see them right in our text. Look at your text again. He says, cast off the works of darkness and live decently. This is verse 13. Walk properly in the daytime. And then he speaks of not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, and not in quarreling and jealousy. So here are some examples, some extreme examples, graphic examples of the deeds of darkness that we're to throw off as Christians. He talks about orgies and drunkenness first. The word literally is partying. He's saying as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're wearing the armor of light. Don't don't live in the deeds of darkness. Don't live like this. It's not who you are. Not only does he mention partying, but he mentions drunkenness, which is to live under the influence of alcohol or any other kind of stimulant or depressant drug. Ephesians 5.18, it says, do not be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live under the influence of alcohol or any other mind-altering substance. And therefore, I don't drink at all, and I never have. Because most people who drink, drink for the bus. And if you're drinking, can we just have a, a pastor talk with you? If you're drinking and you need it, You're dependent on the alcohol. You're under the influence of the alcohol. You're in chains. And we're not to live under the bondage of anything, certainly to be under the influence of alcohol. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God. We don't need the spirits. We have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, people drink to to calm down. People drink to get high. People drink to feel better, people drink to self-medicate, people drink for a lot of reasons. And there are many 
defenders of alcohol, but no defense as far as I am concerned. As a pastor, I've told you this before, I've seen so much destruction and damage. And in some ways, if you're a Christian and you choose to drink, you may be a part of the problem because people around you are watching. But he says, no, no drunkenness. And then he talks about the second couplet or the second pair here of sins is immorality, sexual immorality, and sensuality. The first word means lewdness, sexual immorality. The second word means shameful immorality, lewdness and lustfulness. Sexual immorality, literally, here the word is bed, bed. Now the marriage bed, the Scripture says, is honorable with God and undefiled. But the bed, apart from the beauty and the blessedness of Christian marriage, is off limits, certainly for the Christian, whether it is premarital sex or extramarital sex, adultery, or sensuality of all kinds, including pornography, from heterosexual immorality, from homosexual immorality, it's all described here is lewdness and shameful lustfulness. It's a word here, the last one, which means proud of your sin. We see that in media, don't we? We see this in the movies that we often, unfortunately, watch, and even television shows. There is the celebration of sin, of lewdness, of immorality, of all kinds. So we are to be alert, because this can happen to anyone. It happened to David, a man whose heart was hot after God, passionate man. But there was a time in David's life, long after he was that humble little shepherd boy he defeated the great giant, he became king and he became powerful and ultimately he became prideful and neglectful. And in 2 Samuel chapter 11 in verse 2, I want you to watch what happens. This is David. And it happened one late afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house. And then he saw from the roof, was he looking? Was he looking for sin? Was he looking for trouble? I don't know, but he found it. He saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. Her name was Bathsheba. And if you know your way around your Bible in this story, you know what happened next. He saw her. He lusted. He called for her. He committed adultery with her. She got pregnant. He set up her husband, Uriah the Hittite, basically committed manslaughter, murdered him by putting him on the front line. And he lived in wickedness and sin. Why? Because he was lazy. He was, it all started when he wasn't alert. He wasn't awake. He wasn't paying attention anymore. We think sexual sin is just for young people. It can happen to anyone. It can happen to a king like David. But here's what 2 Timothy 2.22 says, run from everything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, and this is the New Living Translation, instead pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy, and all those who enjoy the companionship of those who call upon the name of the Lord.
So there you have it. And then he mentions the third pair of sins, strife and envy. You're thinking by now maybe, man, I don't drink, I don't get drunk, I don't run around in orgies, uh, I don't party hard, um, I'm not committing adultery, I'm, I'm, I'm not shacking up, I'm doing all the right things morally. You're not committing the sins of dissipation, so just in case the Holy Spirit misses us, he talks about strife and envy, the sins of disposition. Strife and envy. Strife means, well, striving, strifing. It, it, it is um, anger and contentious and quarreling. It is fighting. It is arrogance. It is pride. And this kind of thing, strife is ruining relationships every day, including some of your marriages. And then there's social media, people who want to get online and fight and argue. And then we jump in the battle, strife and then envy, and that's jealousy, of course. So I need to close this message and say, finally, he says, therefore, put on Christ. So the way to overcome evil is to overcome it with good and to put on Christ. You see it there? Look at the last verse, verse 14. But you put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Say, wait a minute, put on Christ. What, what does that mean? Let me describe it this way. Clothe yourself with the presence of Christ in your life. Now, Christ, if you are a Christian, is in you. But you are to put Christ on you as well. God from heaven sees you in Christ, the righteousness of Christ. But the world sees what you are on the outside. The world sees whether or not you are living in the presence and the priority of Christ in your life. And so to put on Christ is to pursue Him, to love Him, and to represent Him to the world that it would be His character. What is the character of Christ? The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. This is all who Jesus is and it's all who you are. So put this on every single day. You're living in the resurrected life of Christ, the risen life of Christ. And so show it by putting on Christ every single day. Do you know the early Christians? were called Christians at Antioch, Acts chapter 11. They didn't have a name the church contest. They didn't, you know, turn in suggestions, what are we going to call ourselves? In fact, it was the outsiders who looked at these believers and followers of Jesus and said, they're Christians. They're like Christ. They represented Christ. They reminded people of Christ. And when we call ourselves Christians, we are to put on Christ every day, not just the Sunday Jesus or the Easter Jesus, but the Monday Jesus, the Tuesday Jesus, the Wednesday Jesus, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday Jesus. Amen. We're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ, when we put Him on in the power of His Spirit, we are no longer making provision for the flesh. But we are feeding the Spirit. I say, starve the flesh and feed the Spirit. Make no provision for the flesh in your life.
literally it means don't plan your sin. Don't go to places that are going to trip you up. Don't hang around people that are going to bring you down. Make no provision for the flesh. Take off the sin and put on salvation. Take off the guilt and shame and put on grace. Take off your old life and put on your new life. Take off the dirt and the filth and put on His righteousness. Take off your sorrow and put on His comfort. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham and the message, Woke or Awake. With so much bad news in the world today, for many it's like the end of the age is just around the corner. So right now is the moment Christians must arise and show just how essential the gospel is to a lost and broken world. That's what prompted Pastor Graham to write a new book, The Essential Gospel, which goes to the very heart of the good news our world so desperately needs to hear. And we'd love to get a copy of this powerful new resource into your hands. The Essential Gospel is our thanks for your gift today to help boldly proclaim the truth of the gospel and the hope it brings to more people around the world. So call now to request your copy of The Essential Gospel when you give. This is the last week of this offer, so call today. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word ESSENTIAL to 59789. And don't forget to visit jackgraham.org where you can shop our e-store, give a gift online, or sign up for Dr. Graham's free daily email devotional. Our website again is jackgraham.org. Pastor, what is your PowerPoint for today? Every morning we get up, the alarm clock goes off, and we stagger out of bed. And for many of us, we get out of bed, but we really don't wake up until about 11 a.m. But you know, as Christians, we have a good reason to hit the ground running every day. Our message is one, the one, of hope and life forgiveness, and reconciliation. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we have good reason to rise and shine. I love the story of the father who was putting his young son to bed, and the two of them knelt by the bed, and the young lad prayed. And as he prayed, he said, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should wake before I die. And then the young boy stopped and said, Ah, Dad, I messed it up. And the father said, No, son. I think that's probably the only time someone has properly prayed that prayer. We all need to wake up before we die, don't we? My challenge to you today is to wake up, to wake up today and to wake up before you die. Wake up and give Christ preeminence in your life. Wake up and allow Christ to live his life through you this day. Get up and share the love of Jesus Christ with those around you. The only hope that this world has is the hope that is in Jesus. And unless we model Christ, the world will never know the love, the forgiveness, and the joy that he can bring. So wake up, Christian. Get up, Christian, because the days are shorter than ever before. And that is today's PowerPoint. Remember, when you give a gift to PowerPoint, we'll send you Dr. Graham's new book, The Essential Gospel, as our thanks. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word ESSENTIAL to 59789. And join us again next time as Dr. Graham brings a message about how God can help you overcome evil with good. That's next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint with Jack Graham is sponsored by PowerPoint Ministries. PowerPoint Ministries.